The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, Reverend Galen McDowell, the hardcore metaphysician, and I am the senior assistant minister, the executive minister, the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute, and a whole bunch of other stuff that I probably don't name on a weekly basis at Christ Universal Temple and in the greater New Thought movement. Today, I'm picking back up on my series, The Dynamic Laws of Healing. I know I've been away for a couple of weeks, and um, so we're going to pick this back up and, you know, give you some good stuff as much as we possibly can to keep the rhythm going to make sure you have what you need to get the demonstrations you need. So as you know, if you've been listening to this, and if you're new, I'm teaching a current series titled The Dynamic Laws of Healing, which is based upon the book, The Dynamic Laws of Healing by Catherine Ponder. In my New Thought Circles, Christ Universal Temple, the Universal Foundation for Better Living, the Johnny Coleman Institute, the Johnny Coleman Theological Seminary, et cetera, et cetera. This book is considered a classic. Uh, It's considered a classic in the New Thought movement in general, but specifically within our movement, because Reverend Coleman and and the Reverend Catherine Ponder, uh, the Reverend Johnny Coleman was the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living and everything else that has her name on it. They were classmates at Unity Village when they were in ministerial training together. And when uh, Catherine Ponder would want to release a book, she would come to Christ Universal Temple often to launch a new book. So this is one of the books that she came in to teach, and then Reverend Coleman would teach it from the platform probably every maybe three years or so because spiritual healing was such a strong emphasis of hers. Therefore, for me, when I came to Christ Universal Temple, one of the things that I had to teach, or you know, not teach but preach very early was this book. Matter of fact, the Dynamic Laws of Healing is the very or a chapter in it, or several chapters to be honest, was the actually very first sermon I, I, I ever taught at Christ Universal Temple or anywhere else. The very first sermon that I ever taught was me teaching the Dynamic Laws of Healing, and I think I was only supposed to cover like one chapter. I ended up teaching three or four. And, um, but you know, it, it got me back in the rhythm. I did a good enough job, I guess, to be able to get a, a, another sermon gig. And I wasn't even working at the church at the time and I wasn't a minister and I wasn't even in the ministerial program. I was a licensed teacher for the universal foundation for better living. And, uh, I was also teaching in the Johnny Coleman Institute as one of the instructors. And I was a platform person, but I wasn't preaching. 
And when she asked me to preach for her and told me this was the book, I devoured it. Like I said, I probably talked four or five, or five chapters in one go. So I look back at that and laugh now because it was almost like information overload. But, you know, when you're young, you don't want to miss your opportunity. You got to let people know, you know, that you got skills. But anyway, so today uh, I'm going to pick up where we left off. So today we're going to be covering the occult law of healing. And when people hear the word occult, they automatically start thinking about, you know, Frankenstein and all this other stuff, you know, uh, scary movies and, and, and weird religious practices. But we got to get back to the root of the term, which means secret. All right. So I'm in chapter nine, The Occult Law of Healing by Catherine Ponder. And if you don't have the book, I highly recommend that you buy it to follow along with this series. She wrote, when life seems full of defeats, discouragements and dangers, this is the time to invoke the occult law of healing. You can do it by looking away from discouraging experiences and affirming often two special power pack words. I am. The occult means that which is secret. And then she starts saying that the occult name or the secret name that you should affirm is I am. And she talks about how Moses, it was revealed to Moses at the burning bush that I am was one of the names of God. Now, one of the things that we say about New Thought is that I am is God's name and you, which she's going to talk about shortly. So on page 150, she wrote, I am was the Hebrew's name for God. I would say it's one of the names. I am was the Hebrew's name for God, for good, and they became known as the people of the I am. This occult term, I am, has often been described as the Song of Moses because it was his secret text for success. It can be yours. Then she wrote something I think is really great. And again, we're talking about this in the context of demonstrating healing or any demonstration, but this book is obviously about healing. She wrote on page 151. There are strange powers lying dormant within that name. All that you dream of as desirable can be released through the redeeming words, I am, because these words stir stir up the divine nature within you. I am is the name of God within you. Again, I am is the name of God within you. Jesus made reference to it as the kingdom of God within man, Luke 17, 21. So let me just stop here for a moment. One of the ways in which I was taught this when I first got into New Thought at Christ Universal Temple was that I am is your spiritual identity. All right. I am is your spiritual identity. I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, more about that later and not to put anything negative what I am. You know, I love what Reverend Ike used to say. I am is your first name. Anything you put after I am is your last name. Give yourself a good last name. So you shouldn't be saying, you know, I am in anything that you don't want. Never attach your I am to anything that you don't want. You know, you know, I'm I'm very drilled down on this. Like I'll say I apologize. I didn't normally won't say things like I'm sorry. I know I'm saying that now, but I just don't attach my I am to stuff that I don't agree with. If my body needs rest, I'll say my body needs rest. I don't say I am and then use words like tired. It's just I'm I'm just that drilled down on it at this point. All right. Because I differentiate my I am the Christ presence within me, my spiritual being, the God essence, the divine spark from my human personality and body. The I am in me is always perfect, whole and complete. 
The I am in me is the Christ. The I am in me is God in expression. The I am in me is the image and likeness of God. The I am in me doesn't need anything and nothing can be taken away from it. So I need to align my mentality and my physical experiences with the spiritual wholeness that is true of my authentic spiritual self. In other words, life is about aligning both the consciousness and the body with the truth of your spiritual wholeness. That's the whole conversation. How can more of the wholeness that's within express outwardly? That's the conversation. So back to the book. She wrote, 151, page 151. To meditate consistently on the statement, I am the light of the world, can flood your whole being with light and drive out all darkness. Scientists tell us that at the center of every cell and atom of the body is light. When that light is recognized and turned on by the mind of man, the dark appearance of disease, depression, confusion, and, and inharmony flee. So in other words, she's saying that this light, this presence, this power has to be activated within you. A lot of the potentiality that human beings have rests in a state of was resting. It's dormant. It's not in a space and place to where it's being used to its capacity. It's sort of like having a faucet that's dripping when it can when it can fully pour. So we could be dripping, dripping health, dripping prosperity. Dripping peace, dripping love, when it was meant to pour. So I just want you just to be present to the fact that you have to ignite it. You have to fan the flame of your own divinity. And you do that by the way you think, by the way you feel, by what you believe, and by what you say. Those are the primary ways in which you do it. Now, there are many ways in which you think. You can visualize you can vision the life visioning process that you know my brother his spiritual brother the uh, reverend dr michael beckwith talks about a lot or you can do the uh, regular visualization which has been taught throughout the years neville goddard and everybody else that's out there and dream you know that teach how to achieve your dreams or you can meditate you know you can do things, you know, where you are centering yourself on this life energy with how you feel. How do you feel about things? As Reverend Mike used to say, feeling gets the blessing. So it's one thing to see it in your mind. Can you feel it? Can you hold it with conviction? Are you proclaiming it with your words? Do you believe it? Believe means to accept it's true. You know, even things where people are doing in some of the ancient arts like uh, Tai Chi and Qigong and yoga where they're, uh, and other modalities similar to it where people are using the mind-body connection to cultivate and activate the life force energy within the body. And never forget, I used to take, um, some years back, I was taking uh, this Korean yoga. It was called Don Yoga back then. It's called Body Brain Yoga. And I'm not saying you should, shouldn't do it. it. It was really beneficial for me. Uh, it's not a plug as much as it is a story. And one of the things that back then, you know, it, it's gone through a several incarnations of names. But back then, you know, we all wore our uh, class uniform, 
that was a Korean style, looked like almost martial art uniform because it was uh, Korean. Uh, it looked like a Taekwondo uh, uniform. But anyway, it didn't have belts, though. Moving on, it um, it was a guy that showed up for the class, and this was probably maybe 2000, if I had a good guess, 2009, 2010. And he uh, had a severe back issue, so much so he had multiple surgeries. He was on uh, hard, you know, uh, narcotic-type drug, pain-killing drugs, and nothing was helping. So his somebody told him about this yoga class uh, that was in his city that I was going to. And when he showed up, this guy could barely move. He was so stiff. It was unbelievable. But because he was off work, because he couldn't work because of the debilitating pain, uh, with this particular brand, besides, it wasn't like traditional yoga. It was more like what I would call martial art stretching, body tapping, qigong, tai chi, and visualization. That's just my interpretation. I don't mean that's what it is. But I think I'm, I have a good feel on that because I'm a martial artist and I'm a metaphysician. So I think I'm pretty good on being able to pick those things out. Anyway. So the guy shows up at the class and he, I remember at the end of the class, we, you know, we all introduced ourselves and he, you know, he told us what was going on, meaning us, the classmates. And this is no exaggeration. Uh, the guy would come to class twice a day. He would come in the morning class and he would show up in the evening class. He would, he would go home. It was a homework regimen. He would go home and do the homework, visualizing. Qigong, energy moving, moving the life force, Tai Chi movements, body tapping, twisting, yoga poses. And in one month of three times a day practice, he was moving better than most of us in the class. He had no pain and he was off of all of his medicine. This healing power is available to you. And the reason why I'm sharing this story instead of just a pure prayer story, because I have a ton of those, is because sometimes you might be guided to go do something that requires you to move your body. So, yes, you're affirming I am. Yes, you're praying in the name of Jesus Christ or whatever you pray in the name of. Yes, you're visualizing your good. But sometimes you need to go move your body. I can't emphasize that enough. Stir up the gift of life in your own body through movement. So it's it can supplement what you're doing spiritually and mentally because it's all supposed to work together. I watched a guy who could barely walk and was on so much, so many pain-killing drugs that would blow your mind to be completely off in 30 days because he was willing to do an hour and a half practice three times uh, a, a day, which was basically what? Four and a half hours. Every day, no matter what. Every day, no matter what. Visualizing the life force. That's the, and the breathing. That's the Qigong. The Tai Chi movement, breathing, body alignment, move, moving the life force, 
body tapping, body, uh, body tapping, body twisting, stretches, yoga poses every day, three times a day. Even when it was exceptionally painful, the, you know, that first week, it was tough, but it was like within two weeks, it was like a breakthrough happened. And he became way more flexible. The pain diminished. And like I said, within a month, and I'm not saying maybe he was getting, I'm pretty sure he was also getting and paying for private sessions. So let me just add that. Where they were working through pressure point stuff and all different type of things. The reason why I'm sharing that is this. Get the help as you're needed and it's led by God for you to get. Sometimes those circumstantial conversations could be the very thing that you might need to say, okay, I need to check that out. Maybe this person is talking about this in front of me for a reason. Don't stop until you get your own breakthrough. Don't stop because you might think it has to come to you like a burning bush with Moses when it could be just your cousin stopping by saying, man, I'm feeling great now because I'm going to this uh, class or, hey, I'm feeling great now because I listen to this Dynamic Laws of Healing series on this podcast called Truth Transforms Reverend Galen McDowell, instead of just stopping and saying, wow, why is this in my space? We just move on and then we complain because the, the, the opportunity was right there, but it didn't appear holy enough for us to realize that it was a holy moment. Just sharing that. It, didn't, it doesn't show up holy enough. Therefore, we often miss the blessing. Yes, it can come to you in your own thought. Yes, it can come to, through your own intuition. Yes, it can come through your own study. But sometimes if you're open and receptive, sometimes it just shows up in some other way. You, you know, my current uh, martial art teacher, uh, who I met, that I met him in 2006. Only reason I had stopped practicing martial art. And I was in the church bookstore talking about old Shaw Brothers Kung Fu movies, you know, Five Deadly Venoms and, you know, 36 Chambers of Shaolin, all that type of stuff. And he just happened to be in the bookstore because he was taking his mama to a class that morning. She was, a J she was taking a Johnny Coleman Institute class. He pops in. I'm not that, was it that morning? Yeah, it was the morning. And he heard me and somebody else talking. He started talking. And I asked him, oh, you're a Kung Fu movie fan, too. And he said, oh, I'm a practitioner. And then we went from there. And from that conversation, which was considered happenstance, we kept, every time I was seeing him, we would talk. And next thing you know, he hit me up. Well, once we traded numbers, he was like, hey, I could teach you how to brush up on that stuff that you, you quit learning when you went to school to, you know, the, the teacher council training program in the Johnny Coleman Institute and then the ministerial program in the Johnny Coleman Theological Seminary and work and marriage and all that, I stopped. But because of what would be considered a chance encounter, we developed a, a, a friendship. And the next thing you know, he's saying, hey, come I'll teach you how to brush all that up. I was like, you know what? I'll just learn what you teach. And that was 2006 until now. Don't let the opportunity for something that can bless you get past you. Don't let it get past you. So what I'm saying in this session is even listening to these podcasts, I might say something that you might say, mm, and then you don't do anything with. 
Or if I say, hey, you need to go move your body and you don't do anything with that. Or, hey, stop and do these affirmations every morning. Listen to this in the evening. Say this, visualize that, write this out, et cetera. I don't know what I might say in any given podcast. I prepare and then I get out of the way. I know what I've prepared and then I let God do it because I wasn't planning on saying what I'm saying now. My point is this. Don't let that possibility, don't let that potential moment get past you. If it resonates in your soul, stop it, it long enough to at least look at it. Is this something that is divinely ordained in this moment for me to pay attention to? You know, it, because if not, what can end up happening is you can miss the moment. You can miss the moment. There's no other way for me to say that. I want you to get the demonstrations you desire, the breakthroughs you desire. And I'm teaching this book, The Dynamic Laws of Healing, because I want you to get the healings you desire. And I want you to develop the healing consciousness that can help others. So when you pray, when you speak the word, when you hold someone in consciousness, they can get the benefit of your spiritual consciousness that can help support them while they're going through a difficult physical situation. It's our job to hold the truth. As Reverend Coleman used to say, all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. So it's your job, it's my job to be a, be a space and consciousness through which God can move. The God presence in and through you as you can move. That the, the universal divine principle individualizes as the spiritual you. All right. I've gone on a tangent now. Now, where was I? Okay. Page 153. She wrote, how to use this occult power to produce astonishing results. Just as the Hebrews of the old, we are all the people of the I am. When we go forth using the name I am in a positive, uplifting way, it opens every door for you. It dissolves every obstacle. It prepares the way to your good and then leads you to it. As this young man discovered, talking about the story, which I'm not about to read, you have gripped a handle of power. Every time you say I am, you have released a dynamic force that is going to produce results. This is why metaphysically we tell people when in the Ten Commandments, don't take the Lord's name in vain. We interpret that as don't take I am in, in vain. Don't put anything negative behind I am. Always put that what you need to lift up with I So, and here's the thing. Even when you don't use the words I am, when you personally identify with a thing, when you mentally identify with a thing, you're saying I am that. So be careful. I can remember when I was uh, a young man and I was not into metaphysics as much as I was in the common sense. And uh, when I was in high school in uh, the late 80s, one of the things that people used to say often was uh, the black man is an, is an endangered species. So, you know, I, I was like, wait a minute, endangered species means what? And I get what they were saying, and I'm not devaluing what they were saying at the level they were saying it. But I said to myself, I remember, and probably around 1990, 91, and I didn't get into New Thought until 93 that I'm not going to say that about myself. Why would I affirm something so horrendous for myself? I'm never endangered. I'm always 
in abundance and in success, prosperity, love, and joy. So my mind was already prepped for new thought because my brain couldn't accept saying I'm an endangered species. And I get what they were saying. They were trying to put attention on black issues, especially with young black males, like people do when an animal is in danger of going extinct. But I can't live in an extinction consciousness. And I'm suggesting to you, regardless of your circumstance, you shouldn't either. Back to the book. She wrote, since the dynamic force has no choice but to produce whatever you join to it, be careful what you attach to the words I am, which I already talked about. She said, you say I'm sick, I'm tired, I'm weak, I'm getting on. I'm saying this without no feeling because I'm not trying to attach that, etc. You are exercising a power that will produce results. Even though it doesn't seem true at the moment, if you say I am healthy, I am happy, I am prosperous, I am success, it will begin to become true. Now, what this means is this. Let me be clear. You got decades, and for some people believe lifetimes, of conditioned negative thinking. Saying three I am affirmations is not going to break through that. Uh, that's like putting a, a, a flashlight on a desk. It's just, it'll show that it's a desk and it'll reflect some things. But if you want that light to pierce, it needs to turn into a laser. It has to cut through the desk. So we have so much mental minutia. We have so much congested thinking. We have so much stuff that needs to be released and eliminated. It takes time. This is why this book starts with forgiveness and release and things of that nature, because we have to remove the impediments to the natural flow of spirit. Excuse me, of spirit. So sometimes you got to go and stay in this space. That's why, you know, I would tell people, you know, when people come to me and they ask me for, you know, prayer support and whatever, I always give them homework. When I preach, I give them homework. When I teach classes, I give them homework. Why? And I give them for designated amounts of time because I'm clear about this. When you do things a certain kind of way, certain things, you know, I remember giving a friend of mine a prayer request. He came to me about something. I was like, hey, he was like, man, I can't believe this. It was some money stuff that was unfair. I gave him a regimen to do uh, for like seven days. He did it to the T. And three weeks after he finished doing what he was doing, he got a letter saying he didn't have to give, he didn't have to pay any of the money. It's the, it's the, it's the integrity with the process that matters. So let me just, so if I, if I tell someone to do something like that, spiritually led, because it's not about Galen McDowell, it's the, me being an open and receptive channel to spirit. So when spirit gave me the idea, I told him, hey, this is what's coming to me. You can do it or not, but this is what's coming to me. Because he didn't come to me for a prayer request. He, he was complaining to me about what was going on because I'm his boy. So anyway, but now he knows that work. You think the next time something comes up, he won't be able to say, well, if God worked out that, then God can work out something else. He'll be more open and receptive. See, the more you see God work out in your life, the stronger it makes you. But when you're starting off this process, you 
it's going to be effort. And it's going to start off initially as blind faith that leads to understanding faith. And what I would like everyone to do is to go back years through my podcast and find my lessons on lessons in truth on faith. I did a series on the book, Lessons in Truth. Listen to that one lesson on faith, because I talk about the difference between blind faith and understanding faith. It will change your life. Just give it a shot. Just give it a shot. Back to the book. So then he talks about how Jesus used the words, I am. John chapter 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. John chapter 11, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 6, verse 48, I am the bread of life. John chapter 18, verse 37, I am a king. John chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. John chapter 8, verse 58, before Abraham was, I am. So she said, does it sound foolish that, does it sound foolish to you that I am spoken upward toward the good is sure to outpicture that good as success, health, and happiness? Do you doubt that such power is released through speaking that name? So she's basically saying, it might, this might seem foolish to you to even try to do this, like for real. So she says, if so, try an experiment. Just go into a room alone, close your eyes, turn your attention within over and over, uh, turn your attention within, saying over and over the words, I am. Just try it. I am. Not even anything connected to it yet. I am. I am. Just close. go somewhere where you can be quiet, close your eyes, sit comfortably, and just take five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, just saying, I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. And then start adding things to it. She says, try it for one week. I would, you know me, I would say do it for 21 days, do it for 30 days. I'm a big believer in if you want radical change, you have to take massive, consistent, and explosive action. So I would say 21 days, but this is what the book says. I would then start off with I am, and then I would add things to it as I went along. Maybe I'm just saying for the first week, I am. I am. Maybe just 10 minutes. 15 minutes of just sitting saying I am and then just sitting for a moment, maybe just in thinking I am for another five minutes. Maybe you're just doing five minutes in five minutes. But the idea behind it is to get consistent. And then we too add the I am statements that you want for the let for the next 14 days. If you're doing 21 days, for instance, where you're doing, you know, I am peace, I am love, I am joy, I am prosperity, I am abundant money, I am divine wisdom, I am spiritual understanding, I am, you know, energetic, strong, and powerful, I am focused, and whatever, et cetera, et cetera, you want to say. Add them to them and still hold the space. Then I would say, Add it to it and breathe between them. I am this. Breathe. Say it three times. Breathe. If you see me at the, do the appointment with God's at Christ Universal Temple, you know that I normally use affirmations and breath a lot. Affir my thing is affirmation, breath, and, and images in the mind. That's my method. That's what works for me. And when I've taught students, it's what helps my students get the best 
and quickest results. Breath, affirmation, imagery, and visualization in mind. And I also use contemplative questions, which is like visioning when it's all said and done. That process works has worked very well for my students through the year. I suggest you try it. Try it for 21 days. I would do it twice a day. Here's the thing. It's easy to say, I'll do it once a week for five minutes a day. Okay, then you'll get that those type of results. But what if you were uh, uh, trying to make a, say, for instance, you were a college basketball player and you wanted to go pro. You think you can go pro by doing the least amount or would you up your game? Okay, if I'm practicing, if if I'm putting up uh, 500 shots at practice, maybe I need to do 1,000 shots. Maybe I need to start working on my dribbling ability more. Maybe I'm not as good of a passer. What drills do I need? In other words, you know, as Kobe Bryant would often say, the mama mentality, how can I up this game? So in the use of your I am, how can you up your I am game? How often can you use it? How often can you affirm I am, image I am, breathe with the I am, you know, contemplate I am? I am is your first name. Whatever you put after I am is your last name. I just want you to be present to that. All right. We, so she gives, um, exercise and then we're going to take this break you know what let's take the break now so um before we take this break i just want to remind you that this church that this podcast has a has a um facebook page truth transforms with reverend galen mcdowell it's the easiest way to get in contact with me so if you have questions or you if it's subjects you want to cover or whatever reach out to me this is the quickest way i'm also on instagram I'm on Twitter, but I'm not really on there. What well, X now, but I'm not on there as often. These are quick ways to get in contact with me if you want to get in contact with me. Um, you know, I just want to remind you yet again that, you know, I just taught a lesson uh, a couple of Sundays ago on uh, it's on YouTube titled Jumping Through Hur- Jumping Over Hurdles. Uh, go to just type my name in Galen McDowell jumping over hurdles. I think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, it's the full service at Christ Universal Temple, so you can watch the whole service or fast forward to when I'm preaching. I think you can get a lot of benefit from it, a lot of benefit. And um, you know, I just want to make sure that you all have what you need to get to do what you need to do. Um, still got some other things coming down the pipe that I'm going to be talking about very shortly, so stay tuned. So with that, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms with Reverend Gillian McDowell. Welcome back to True Transforms. 
let's get back to it. So now um, I want to go through what she's calling on page 154, Catherine Ponder, when I say she, in the Dynamic Laws of Healing, the formula for healing success and joy. She wrote, page 154, your I am power is especially effective in healing. When you speak the words I am, every cell and atom of your being springs to attention. So in other words, when you're saying I am, I am is a statement of being. It's your spiritual identity. Realizing this, the prophet Joel advised, let the weak say, I am strong. That's in Joel chapter 3, verse 10. That's a very powerful statement in the Bible, by the way. Let the weak say, I am strong. The weak shouldn't be affirming this, what they're dealing with. The, the weak or the sick or the broke should be affirming what they desire, the opposite of what they're experiencing. All right. So she wrote, many people have experienced healings of mind, body, and affairs by using the following simple formula. On retiring at night, just before going to sleep, repeat mentally or verbally. Before I give these affirmations, a lot of men, uh, people who do brain science will tell you that the brain is most receptive right when you wake up. And when I say the brain, I'm also talking about non-physically, the subconscious mind is most impressed at when you wake up and right before you go to sleep. So this is right there. I don't know if she had that data then, but you know, but now we have the science to back it up. So these are the affirmations. She said, right before you go to sleep, mentally or verbally, I would say verbally first and then mentally if you want to duplicate it. But I'm a big believer in your own ears hearing your own audible words. All right. The affirmation is, I am health, strength, peace, happiness, and prosperity. The spirit of God, which is active in me, flows through my physical body in a purifying, cleansing, healing stream that removes all obstructions and brings peace, health, and harmony to my body. I am well, strong, vital. I am beautiful, peaceful, poised. I am eternally youthful. I am buoyant, happy, free. I shall arise in the morning filled with energy, radiance, and the power to accomplish whatever I find to do. That was the affirmation. So she said, if you do this every evening, she didn't give them an amount of time. But again, I would give it a certain amount of time. Something like this, I would do every morning and evening. Matter of fact, I'm contemplating because I have my own process, but I'm contemplating doing this particular one for a designated amount of time in the morning and evening. Why? It's all a conditioning consciousness process. It is all a consciousness conditioning process. It is all a consciousness conditioning process. Spiritually, you're already perfect, whole, and complete. This is about changing the mind so we can demonstrate the goodness of God that, that's already within us in our true spiritual and divine nature. All right. Back to the book, page 156. She write, she wrote, middle of the page. You make your destiny by the things you attach to the words I am. Think about it. You attach your, you, you make your destiny by what you personally identify with. You know, this is why one of the things I love that Michael Beckwith says is stop telling your problems, excuse me, stop telling God about your problem, 
Stop telling God about your big problems and start telling your problems about your big God. I love that statement. It shifts the attention. All right, back to the book. She wrote page 157. You can decree peace of mind and body by quietly decreeing, I am peace. The body is wonderfully obedient to the words I am and hasten to do their bidding. When the bidding is upward toward the good, the body is renewed, even transformed. Jesus' decree, I am the resurrection and the life, is a powerful prayer for bodily renewal. Yet again, you're working with something on healing, that's one you can do. All right. She also talks about praise God, I am healed. Praise God. You don't need to make this super long. If you only can just say, praise God, I am healed. Praise God, I am healed. Praise God, I am healed. And you just stay there. And I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Get it to the point to where you can naturally, mentally release it so it's not willpower anymore. You might need willpower to start the process, but you will want it to evolve into willingness. And then once you get to willingness, Get it to the place to where you feel as though you have a firm conviction that, that your faith is strong in what you're saying. You can release it to do its perfect work. Because that's also a part of the trust. That's also a part of the faith. That you do your part and God does God's part. As the Apostle Paul wrote, uh, uh, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. Do you believe? That if you do what you're supposed to do, God will give the increase. Because if you don't, you will never plant. You never plant the seed in your mind. You will never plant the seeds of action. If you don't believe that and, and, and water it with your attention, if you don't believe that God will give the increase. All right. Where are we now? There's so much stuff here, but I don't want to cover every page and paragraph. Let's jump to page 160. She wrote, early in my ministry, I decided to experiment in prayer with I am statements just to test their power. The results astonished me. All right. And so I'm just going to read this whole thing because I think this is powerful. At that time, a member of my prayer ministry met with me each weekday morning at 11 o'clock in the church prayer room for an hour of affirmative prayer and meditation. This prayer partner happened to be a very busy, busy businessman, a member of the church board who took an hour daily from the pressure of his work to pray with me about church business, the names in the prayer ministry, and other matters. Realizing that the early Christians considered the name Jesus Christ to be the lost word of power, where the people of the Old Testament considered the name I am to be the lost word of power, it occurred to me that combining the two names might have special effectiveness. For a number of months among the affirmations used, my prayer partner and I daily affirm, I love this, I am the Christ mind. I am, I am, I am. I am letting the Christ mind think truth through me. I am, I am, I am. I am letting the Christ mind reveal the truth to me. I am, I am, I am. I am letting the Christ mind express truth through me. 
I am, I am, I am. Then she wrote, placing our hands on our prayer list, we affirmed, I am letting the Christ mind heal through me. I am, I am, I am. I am letting the Christ mind prosper through me. I am, I am, I am. I am letting the Christ mind produce perfect results through me. I am, I am, I am. Now, that's something you can just roll with right now. It's another. So she that's another treatment right in the book that she says she used to get marvelous results. All right. So this is the result of it. She says, we met daily and affirmed those words over and over. We could feel a powerful presence in our midst. It was though a cool breeze came into that prayer room, a healing balm, which might be described as the Holy Spirit or, or the whole spirit of good. Then she went on. It said, continued affirmation calls a powerful deep within to awaken. A warm, soothing feeling of life then spiritually fed and renewed us. It also inspired us concerning anything we needed to know for our personal welfare and for the good of the church. Through my use of these I am affirmations, I found that my spiritual understanding increased considerably. People were healed just by attending classes and services at the church. And the lives of others vastly improved through receiving private counseling. All right. So more results. So I'm just telling you, it's the integrity of the process. This is why I'm reading this. She's showing we did this for months. We did this for months. Five days a week. Every weekday at 11 o'clock for months, not two days, four months. This is what she went on to say. Amazing insights was given, given me into church matters that brought happy results in reorganization, redecoration, new members, and increased income. Also, it was though <clears throat> a super intelligence within me had been tapped so that I wrote prolifically during that period. The practical results that followed the practice of the I am affirmations for this businessman were these. His financial affairs prospered so during this period that he gave thousands of dollars in tithes to the church. Now, you got to remember, this is the 50s and 60s, late 50s and 60s when she was doing active ministry. All right. It says he also received vast improvement in health problems that had troubled him for years. So when she asked him to do this prayer thing with her, not only did it help the church, it helped him make more money as a businessman. It helped him give more money to the church. And most importantly, it healed him of his own physical health issues. It's the consistency of the process. I like following things that work. I'm a student of success. What works? Why does it work? You know, you know, anybody that knows me personally knows I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. And one of the things that I loved about Michael Jordan was he's a student of the game. I often tell people one of the things that's lost in being 
Michael Jordan fan is that Michael Jordan had the best fundamentals in basketball. Look at his footwork. Look at how he used his body, his fundamentals, his jump shot, his balance, his agility. Some of that, obviously, the God-given athletic ability to jump and stay in the air and contort your body and dunk with left hand and right hand and all that other stuff. Everybody's not going to get that. Okay, that was his DNA mix. But his fundamentals were great. Everybody's not going to have a 48-inch vertical. But his fundamentals were great. His drive to compete was great. His desire to win was overwhelming. So when he met a young Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, being a student of success, said, Mike, how do I do this? And they had kept their own relationship. How do you shoot the fade away? How do you know which way the direction to go? How do you know what to do when the defender does this versus that? Instead of trying to figure it out, Kobe went right to the source. He studied the best. Are you studying the best? Well, I'm just hoping that you, while you're listening to this podcast, you're studying the best. Humble pick tap on my back. But that's the point. Find things that work. Now, that doesn't mean you have to do a soup to nuts. But before you become a master in something, you start changing things, figure out what has been laid before you. Johnny Coleman used to say, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Get into these books. Figure out what they're saying. Get into these classes. Learn what needs to be learned. There was no podcast back then. Follow through on the formulas that are given. Because what I'm giving you today is are formulas to work with your mind. What I give you every time you turn on one of these podcasts are formulas, mental formulas to activate your spiritual potential. So I just want you just to be present to that. As you, so as you use your I am, you can do what you need to do. I'm going to read one more thing that she put on page 162 because these affirmations I want you to use. Page 162 and 163, and then we're going to wrap up. I am one with God. I am one with good. I am the radiant child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the healthy child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the prosperous child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the happy child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the illumined child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the overcoming child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the victorious child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the successful child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am the loved and beloved child of God. I am, I am, I am. I am a part of the creative power of the universe to which nothing is impossible. I am, I am, I am. I am rich, well, and happy, and all my affairs are now in divine order. So that's the last series of affirmations she gave in this chapter, talking about the power of the I am. Take one of these, this is my recommendation, and use it for 21 days or 30 days or 40 days, every morning, every evening, affirm them out loud. Take five minutes to affirm them, 10 minutes, whatever. Then sit and contemplate on what you said. Allow yourself, as you're reading this book, get the book. If you're listening to this and you don't have the book, get the book. I don't get any money from Catherine Ponder's books. I'm a believer in Catherine Ponder. She's still alive, by the way. She has to be about 100 now. Uh, 
or more. She's she's still trucking, doing what she got to do. Still living the demonstration off the demonstration of what she taught in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Still living off of the demonstration in Palm Desert, California. Still living in her prosperity and well-being to this day. So she's proven that this stuff works. She's taught millions of people that this stuff works. But as Reverend Coleman used to say, it works if you work it. So now it's time for you to work it. Get in integrity with the message. And say to yourself, I'm not going to let it go until it blesses me. You might be in pain right now. You might be having a difficult situation. I'm not going to belittle that by no stretch of the imagination. I'm offering, as I said in my sermon two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, rather, I'm offering hope. Hope that it can be different and it can be better. But you got to do your part. As Paul wrote, I planted Apollos water, but God gives the increase. If you will plant the seed of this truth in your subconscious, but with condition, with consistent prayer, affirmation, visualization, meditation, and following through on spiritually guided action, and you continue to give it your attention, that's the watering, trust that God will give you the increase. So with that, I'm going to stop next week. We'll cover the imaging law of healing. We're going to drill down on the power of imagination and how to use it for your, the healing of your body. God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.